to the Melbourne Coffee Culture Podcast. I'm Jonathan. Today we will be covering the Espresso Compass and the Coffee Compass. These are the two of the most practical tools any barista can have. I have them saved to the home screen on my phone. I refer to them all the time. You don't need a refractometer. You don't need a degree in coffee science to be able to make a fantastic coffee when you use these two fantastic tools. Now, the strength chart from the Specialty Coffee Association has been around for decades. And we can have a look at the strength of a coffee and guess what it's gonna taste like. We all know that a double ristretto or a single ristretto will be stronger. With espresso, the longer the brew time, the weaker the coffee. With filter coffee, the longer the brew time, the stronger the coffee. And that's why we have two different compasses. And like a compass, these free practical tools will guide you towards the tasty center of the graph. Very exciting. Let's talk about the espresso compass first. Available from baristahustle.com or just do a Google search, espresso compass, and look at the images. These are fantastic tools that are based on refractometry and a lot of science, but as I said, you don't need any tools to be able to use them. It's assuming that you can make a coffee and taste it. Once you've tasted the coffee, find the flavor descriptors that match what you're tasting. So if you're tasting something that's salty, intense, strong, maybe thick, then you probably need to increase the yield. In other words, you're probably tasting a ristretto and you want to move a little bit towards a normale or a full espresso, maybe even towards a lungo. As you increase the yield, you're going to move towards the taste descriptors of balance, tasty, creamy, luscious, use your own words. Now, one thing to remember is the quality of your coffee beans, the quality of your roast, the quality of your water, the quality of your grinder, the calibration of your grinder, the technique of your tamping, among other things, including roast development and roast profile, are going to affect the taste of your coffee. The good thing about these tools is that you can have any variety of instruments, any variety of coffee, any variety of grinder. This espresso compass will work with a hand grinder and an AeroPress as well as it would work with the most expensive Melconic grinder and the most expensive Seneso Slayer or La Marzocco. Obviously the AeroPress you would need to look at the coffee compass which deals only with filter coffees. Once you've dialed in your coffee what you need to do is write down your recipe. 
This is really basic and you can go back to the early versions of this podcast and listen to those episodes on extraction and coffee objectivity. What you need to do is write down the dose, let's say it's 20 grams, write down the yield, let's say it's 40 grams, and you may even want to write down the time, let's say it's 30 seconds. Have a taste of your coffee. Let's say this time it's tasting dry, watery, maybe a little bit bitter, empty. The coffee uh, espresso, rather, compass might be telling you to decrease the yield or even increase the dose. You can move in two other directions you'll see as well. You can work on improving the extraction and extracting more or worsening the extraction or extracting less. So those have more to do with grind settings and technique. But I want to release this to you. Take a screenshot, take a photocopy, download the PDF on Barista Hustle explaining this. Really exciting stuff for espresso. As I said, you don't need a refractometer. You just need to taste the coffee and follow the compass towards the tasty green zone. When you look at the brewed coffee compass, as I said before, brewed coffee behaves differently. You're going to find that there are two images here. One of them is a very populated circle with lots of flavors from strong, harsh and overwhelming down to weak, faint and fragile and over-extracted, powdery and empty, salty, under-extracted and sour. Again, do your pour over or AeroPress or whatever coffee you're doing, record the recipe, taste the coffee and move towards the zone. I find this a little bit easier to work with for beginners because on the other side there's a, a graph and it shows you which direction to go in and it's got a, a few more options so if you're tasting something that's over extracted it's going to encourage you to add more coffee so if you started with a 12 gram pour over or 12 gram aeropress or 20 gram siphon and it was tasting you know powdery dry you might want to bump that up to 14 or 15 grams for the pour over or 22 or 25 grams for the siphon, you'll find that it's going to move towards the center. On the other hand, if it's tasting salty, sour, vegetal, you know, not much um, uh, clarity of flavor, so it might be more intense but a little bit um, less defined, then you may want to reduce the amount of coffee so go down to 10 or 11 grams or maybe maybe extract more coffee by changing the grind size to make it a bit uh, finer I might have got that backwards <laughs> easy to do so I want to just really champion and promote this amazing free tool you are also encouraged to you know get a refractometer and, uh, and learn the science for yourself. But I, I really found that this tool is something that's free, it's applicable to everybody everywhere, and just don't forget which compass you're using. Thank you so much for listening to the Melbourne Coffee Culture Podcast. 
please do tell other coffee nerds about us. Remember, you can just tell Spotify or Google or iTunes or do a search for Melbourne Coffee Podcast and you'll find us. Thanks again for listening. You can use the Anchor app to send us a voicemail and even dial into the podcast and have a bit of an interview. So if you have something to share or if you have a question and you know how to find the Anchor app, then feel free to deposit that for the next episode. I've been Jonathan and you've been listening. Welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan. I just again wanted to sow the seed of the kingdom because I know that the devil is trying to steal it from from your ears, from your life. And here are some basic principles of the kingdom. Well, one of them is that the kingdom is full of principles. God puts his word above his name. There's there's reality in his word, there's reality in his name and you know when Jesus says you can't be lukewarm. You need to choose, are you going to be hot or are you going to be cold because either way I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's so true. I was lukewarm for years, but I'm hot now. I'm on fire. And his word is true. And I, I didn't believe him, you know, a few years ago when I read that scripture. I thought, oh, but deep down I knew I was lukewarm. And it's true. You've got to be hungry. If you, those, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And that's what I experienced. I experienced the Bible. It is so literally true. You know, even Isaiah, Isaiah 9, for unto us... A child is born unto us, a son is given. Jesus Christ, the child, is the flesh body of Jesus. A child was was born by Mary, but unto us a son was given. The son is the spirit, is Christ, is... <laughs> so, in other words, you know, God made Adam out of dirt and breathe spirit into the dirt bag of Adam. Same as Jesus. The child is the dirt. The child is the body, the Jesus, the baby in the, in the manger. The, the spirit is Jesus. So everything in the Bible is literal. And if you don't think it's real, if you don't understand it, then you are not seeing the kingdom. Because I promise you, once you see the kingdom, everything else will make sense. Because it's, the Bible is about a kingdom. It's not about a religion. It's not even about a person. Yes, it's about Jesus, but it, it actually says that after the new heaven and the new earth, Jesus is going to give the kingdom back to the Father so that everything is under him. So this is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about seeking first the kingdom and one of the tools that you can use and that is the tool of speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit, so it is one of the many gifts, but speaking in tongues is also a sign. So there's the, the, the speaking of tongues as a gift that you can just choose to use and turn on. If I have the gift of faith, I can just turn it on. I can choose to believe and it's a gift and it's just there and there might also be an unction of faith so there might be a time when 
when I'm praying for someone and I just feel faith rise up as an anointing and as an unction. But if something's a gift, it's irrevocable. So if you're given the gift of tongues, you can turn it on, you can pray by the, an act of your will. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Now, as a new believer, when I was born again at Campbell High School in 1997, around April of 1997, uh, actually it was a little bit earlier, I had never heard of the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard of tongues. I'd never read the Bible. I may have heard the name Holy Spirit when the Catholic priest said in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, but it didn't mean anything to me. It could have been in the name of the Father, the Son, and Corpus Christi. I don't know. It was just some Latin word. I didn't think of the Holy Spirit as a person. had no idea, never heard of him. So when I was prayed for, when I put my hand up, keep listening, don't turn this off. When I put my hand up, the Holy Spirit literally jumped inside my spirit and I felt him break through and it was like an egg shell being removed and I felt my spirit come alive. I physically felt the Holy Spirit enter me. I got possessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said, I never heard of the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard of tongues. I went home and sang in the Holy Spirit. I went home and I thought I was singing in Italian. I probably was. My parents thought I'd gone completely crazy because I was wailing and crying and singing in the Holy Spirit in my bedroom, you know, in Italian or whatever language that was. And it was only later that I read the Bible and realized, heck, that's true. Everything that the Bible said, I've, I've actually already experienced. Here's a sober warning. When you receive revelation of the kingdom, when you know that God's showing you something in scriptures, don't rejoice in the newness of the revelation. But fear for the religious spirit had blinded you to it. When I open your eyes by preaching the kingdom to you and you go, oh my God, I never saw that before. That is amazing. Yes, rejoice that you saw it, but be afraid because you've been infected by the yeast of the Pharisees who lock the kingdom up in men's faces. What does that mean when Jesus said that? That's a picture of someone running to the door of the ark and it's raining and they're going to die and Noah closes the door in their face. It's, that's, it's slamming the door in, in the face of someone who's desperate to get in. That's what religion is doing. That's what churches are doing. That's what pastors are doing. And I'm not saying don't go to church. I'm just saying beware of the yeast of the Pharisees because the kingdom is yeast. I'm sowing yeast into your lump of bread and you need to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. How do you know what the yeast of the Pharisees is? Well, know what the yeast of the kingdom is and anything that's not joy, anything that's not peace, anything that's not righteousness, anything that's not in the Holy Ghost is not the kingdom. The kingdom is now. The kingdom, if you see, Jesus said, you will rejoice when you hear the message of the kingdom. If you're not rejoicing when your pastor is preaching, then it's probably not the kingdom. <laughs> 
people Jesus said the the seed fell on the stony ground sprang up these are the people who rejoiced when they heard the message so you know that's the bad soil but the the message still brings joy and it's the rejoicing of the message you know if you've been hearing the same message at church for 20 years and you are not growing and you are not bearing fruit then maybe you're not planted in the vine maybe you're not abiding in Christ my message I'm an ambassador of the kingdom I don't have a message I'm, I'm not this is not Jonathan's message I have no message I don't exist I'm property of the king I'm com, com, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel I am relaying my kingdom's message to you I'm telling you I don't have a message I'm passing on my kingdom's message my government has sent me to tell you to preach the gospel of the kingdom to seek first the kingdom and the best tool that you can use is to pray in tongues because you will be edifying your spirit you will be entering into the kingdom I find that tongues is the best way to clear my mind and to just come into the presence of God and to be filled with the Spirit and to start to seek first the kingdom because you know the mind that's set on the flesh is the enemy of God so when you wake up in the morning and you are worried and you're thinking about what you're gonna do today and you know are you gonna go to the movies like you know God knows that life has needs but life is meant to be lived seeking first the kingdom and letting God meet your needs if you are waking up and you're setting your mind on the natural things you are literally being the enemy of God in your mind now that doesn't mean that you don't love God it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you but your mind the mind it's the Bible you can't it's the truth it's literal you have to accept it if your mind is on natural things you your mind is that as is the enemy of God no, we have the mind of Christ, and so you need to set your mind on things above. You need to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be sanctified and set apart. You need to be a vessel of honor, useful for the Master. You need to be washed with the water of the Word, buddy. Because if you wake up and your mind is on your day and your busy schedule then you are at enemies with God in your mind, which means you will not bear any fruit, you will not abide, you will do nothing. You need to make a decision. Who are you today? Whose are you today? And what is your purpose? The universe needs you. The creation needs you. They're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. The trees need you. The cats need you. The possums need you. People around you need you. Your church needs you to be you and to be the kingdom person that he's called you to be. We need you to be ready. We need you to be on fire. Make a decision today. Who are you? What are you called to do? Believe God. Belief is a choice. How do the righteous live? By faith. If you're not living by faith, then you're not living righteous. Maybe that was a bit harsh. <laughs> but you got to live by faith. There's no other way to live. The righteous 
shall live by their plans. No. The righteous shall live by their Gantt charts. No. The righteous shall live by the church's vision. No. The righteous shall live by faith. What does that mean? You live based on the unseen realm. You live based on what you can't see with your natural eyes. You live in the spirit. 